Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church with our pastor, Andy Brown. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Tonight we have the privilege of looking at one of my most favorite passages of Scripture. And I'm sure that it's in a section that is one of your favorites as well. Would you mind taking your Bible and turn to the book of John, the Gospel of John, and find chapter 13. And tonight from John 13 we will be looking at the way that Jesus said goodbye. And I love the way that Jesus begins the farewell discourse. I love the way that Jesus begins to say farewell. Here we are. It's Monday, Thursday. Now, we say that. We don't, we don't mean Monday, Thursday. It's Monday, Thursday. And here we are entering into that time during Holy Week where Jesus is in the upper room behind closed doors with his disciples. And he's telling them goodbye. All that had occurred in their lives. Here's Nathaniel sitting around the table. He remembers when Jesus saw him under the fig tree. Here is Andrew, who was the first to tell Peter about Jesus. Here is James sitting next to John, who is sitting next to Jesus. And they remember the day that Jesus called them away from their boats, away from their nets, away from their father, and called them to be fishers of men. Here's Matthew was called away from collecting taxes. Don't you wish the Lord would call a few more away, right? April's coming. And of course, around that table also is Judas, the one who would betray Jesus, reclining at the table. For these past three years, these 12 men that are surrounding Jesus, they had been walking with Jesus They'd seen Jesus perform many miracles. They'd seen Jesus open the eyes of the blind. They'd seen Jesus raise the dead. They've seen crowds of thousands fed with just a few morsels and crumbs. They've seen the dead raised. And now they're sitting behind closed doors as Jesus prepares them for what He had been preparing the world since the beginning. His death. Everything from this moment forward in the narrative begins to heat up. We're moving closer and closer to the cross. So here we are in John chapter 13. And this is in the farewell discourse. The farewell discourse, I love that passage, stretching from John 13. 14, 15, 16, and into some of 17. It's one of my most favorite and precious passages of Scripture. And I'm just guessing out here that you love it too. I'm guessing out here that you love it too because it's in the farewell discourse that Jesus says something like this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. In My Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so... But I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to Myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to Him, Lord, we don't know where You're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Now, I figured you liked it. I figured we were all here together and we could all agree that the farewell discourse is one of those passages of Scripture that we love. But I want us to pay special attention tonight to the way that Jesus begins to say His goodbye. Because it's so significant, so foundational. Here we have Jesus preparing to say goodbye and the way that He begins to say goodbye, we have to pay attention to because He begins saying goodbye the same way that He came. The same way that sent Him to the cross. He begins to say goodbye by taking a towel, wrapping it around His waist, washing feet. Let's read the Bible together in John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, Having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands and that He had come from God and was going back to God, He rose from supper, laid aside His outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Would you pray with me today? Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for sending Jesus. May we learn much tonight from your word of the way that Jesus said goodbye. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. I'm glad that Jesus loves us. I'm glad that Jesus loves me. I hope that you're glad that Jesus loves you. And listen carefully to me. It's because Jesus loves us that Jesus takes every opportunity to teach us how it is that He loves us. And He wants us who know Him. He wants us who know His love to love in the way that He loves. So I just want to make three quick observations tonight before we engage in this foot washing ceremony. What I want us to do is I want us to think about why Jesus decides to begin to say goodbye with taking a towel and washing feet. Why on earth does Jesus begin to say goodbye in this way, washing the feet of the disciples? And what does this act tell us about our Lord? Well, number one, I hope you're taking notes. Number one, God's love for us knows no boundaries. The first thing that we learn, God's love for us is limitless. God's love for us knows no boundaries. And look at the text. Look at it. It's so important. What does Jesus do when He knows that the Father had given Him all things into His hand? What does Jesus do when He knows that He had come from God and was going back to God? What does He do? The Bible says He takes a towel and He washes feet. He doesn't call an envoy of soldiers. He doesn't go take over the world. He knows that the Father had given Him all things. And so He takes a towel wraps it around his waist and he washes feet. You see, this is the scandal of the Gospel. And that word scandal literally means stumbling block. This is the point where men stumble, men and women stumble over the Gospel. A part that so many people, they just can't get their minds around. And so because they can't understand it, they just dismiss it all together. Because this right here, this on display for us. This is love like no other love. This is amazing love on display. This is the God of the ages. The One to whom every knee will bow, bowing down, to dip His hand in a basin of water and wash the feet of filthy sinners. Even one who was there who would later defy His love and betray Him. You see, foot washing was an act that was so detestable that not even the Jewish slaves were allowed to wash feet. It was something that was so looked down upon that even the slaves who were Jews, the Jews would not allow the Jewish slaves to engage in washing feet. But washing feet, as detestable as it might be, was nothing compared to what our Lord had already done in the Incarnation or what He would do on the cross when He left His Father's throne up above and condescended to us so that He could make the Father known to us. 
Washing feet was nothing compared to what he had done by taking on flesh. And it was going to be nothing compared to what he would subject himself to on an old rugged cross. And so his entire life is a life on display. Never forget this. His entire life is a life on display of his limitless love for you and for me. Jesus was willing to do, listen, Jesus was willing to do whatever it took to save you and me. And through saving us, He served us in the greatest way that we could ever imagine. And what did He do? He gave Himself completely for us. Self gave Himself on the cross as a sacrifice, as an atonement for our sins. No wonder when men reflect on His love, they write what we just sang, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder, wonder how He could love me, a sinner who would be condemned and unclean. And indeed, we would say, amazing love How can it be that Thou, my God, shouldst die for me? As S.M. Lockridge famously said, there is no means of measure can define His limitless love. And Jesus has come. And the reason that He has come was to seek and save you. His boundless love for you and me. When all things were given into His hand, what did it do? It caused Him to embrace the cross and despise the shame. He came to give us life. And the way that He gave us life, never forget this, He came to give us life. And the way that He gave us life was by His self-sacrificing all so that He could serve you and us in the most ultimate way through the self-giving of Himself. Totally and completely. His love knows no boundaries. Number two, the second thing that we can learn is that Jesus has come. And in His coming, He has come to wash away our sins. You see, what's Jesus doing here? He is washing feet. And this is a symbol. What's He doing? He's displaying His love. Jesus is washing feet and everything that He's doing is nothing more than a symbol of what He will accomplish at the cross later. You see, what He's fixing to go to the cross and accomplish is something that the world had never known. Something that the world had never experienced. Indeed, something that the world will never experience again. On the cross, Jesus would deal with the sin of the world and He would deal with it once and for all. He would deal with the sins of the world for forever. And on the cross, Jesus would take my sin and He would take your sin and He would take it and He would throw it as far away as the east is from the west. He would take my sin, your sin, past, present, future, and He would bury it in the grave of God's forgetfulness. But old Peter's confused. And I think that Peter's confusion is the way that me and you and so many others in the world are so confused Because what's old Peter say? He said, Lord, don't wash my feet. No way you're going to wash my feet. And so Jesus comes to him and says, well, Peter, if I don't wash you, you'll have no place with me. And so Peter, he's the zealous one. He's the one who likes to put his foot in his mouth literally sometimes. Peter, here he is in the case and he's saying, Lord, well, if that's the case, if that's what it means, if being with you means this, then pour it all over me, Lord. Let's get in. Let's jump on in. He failed to recognize what Jesus was doing because the once for all washing was coming. Is coming. Jesus is heading that way. 
to the once and for all washing. And this washing that Jesus does is just a symbol of the washing that is to come. The ultimate washing would come through the cross. Where this time, we would be washed not with water, but we would be washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. And I've always found it interesting when we read the Passion narrative and we get over there and we read that story when the soldier pierced the side of Jesus. And we read that blood and water poured out. I've always found that interesting. I've always been in love. I can remember the first time I fell in love with the story of Jesus dying for me was when I was six years old. I remember it. I remember the teacher in kindergarten or something like that. My wife, we had this little argument back and forth when I was saved. But anyway, she wasn't there. So I remember, I know, I remember when, uh, when this teacher pulled up the picture and she showed us this man hanging on a cross and she read us the story. The first time in my life it began to make sense to me that that man loved me enough to die for me. And I've always found it interesting that when the soldier pierced at the side of Jesus, blood and water poured out. And listen, I know, I've, and I've maybe even preached it myself, I know all of the physiological reasons that they have come up with about the, all the pericardium sac of the heart and that sac of water surrounding your heart and the angle of the spear, all the rest, and how the soldier just hit it just right and burst his... I know all those arguments. I've preached them before. I've researched them before. But, but, maybe, just maybe, water and blood flowed out of the side of Jesus from the cross to show us that the cross is the way that we are washed, the way that we are washed, and the way that we remain unstained from the world. Maybe that's what it's about. As long as we are in the world, listen carefully, listen to what Jesus is teaching Peter here, as long as we are in the world, we will have the joyous duty of walking with the Lord. The joyous duty of walking with the Lord. We have the commandments of the Lord that constrain us to do His will. And the reason that I say joyous duty is because we read in 1 John where John says that His commandments are not burdensome. Even though we have to make decisions to walk with Jesus, we know that we would rather walk with Jesus no matter what than walk without Jesus. And there may be things in our life that we have to twist and turn and repent of and confess and get it right, but that's okay because the commandment of the Lord are not burdensome to us. And so as long as we're in the world, we have the joyous duty of walking with the Lord, and the way that we walk with the Lord is to keep ourselves unstained from the world. And so the cross, listen, the cross is that once for all sacrifice that carries on into the future. Every time we need salvation, there's one thing that's there. The cross, the cross, the cross. And in our life, we always need the salvation of the Lord. We always need that once and for all sacrifice to be the satisfaction for our sins. But listen carefully. Out of the sight of Jesus flowed out the means by which we are once and for all saved as well as the way by which we stay clean from the world. Blood and water. And even though we've been clean, even though we've been washed, we still need a cleansing. Look at what Jesus says here. 
Look at what he says to Peter in 13.10. He says to Peter, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. But he is completely clean and you are clean. But then he knows Judas is in the room and he says, but not every one of you. So you know what Jesus is saying here? Jesus is saying that people who have been washed, listen carefully, people who have been washed by the once and for all death of Jesus need daily cleansing. Listen to what 1 John says. Listen, I love the way that John interprets this later as he's writing to the church. Listen to what he says. He says this, This is the message that we have heard from Him and proclaim to you. God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. Then John says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But then John says, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And listen, the blood of Jesus, what does it do? Cleanses us from all sin. Now listen to the next part. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Now listen to this next verse. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. Now, who's John writing to? He's writing to believers in 1 John. He's writing to the ones that he would call his little children. And he's telling the little children that little children, I remember when Jesus told us this. He told old Peter, there'll be some times in your life that even though you've been bathed, you'll need a cleansing. Even though you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you'll still need to have your feet taken care of because those little feet have taken you to a place where you shouldn't have gone. We sing it to our children, don't we? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little lad. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Good. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you... For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Sometimes our feet walks down dusty paths that were never intended for us to walk. But the blood of Jesus has made us clean. It's not that we get saved all over again. It's we walk in fellowship away from the dirt and into the glory. That's what we need. Now that we're clean, listen carefully, we have the responsibility before God because He has loved us and made us His very own to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Now that we are His, we need to bear fruit in keeping with what it is that we confess. You remember old Peter, he's going to get his feet dirty. Here he is washing his feet, asking God to bathe him, and he's going to get his feet dirty. Do you remember? He's going to go and he's going to deny the Lord, even invoking a curse upon himself, saying that he didn't know Jesus. And then what happens? Don't miss this. What happens? How many times did he deny him? Three. On the Sea of Galilee, Jesus comes to him. 
Beautiful picture here that John paints for us. Here Jesus is, don't miss this, don't miss this. Here Jesus is, He is stripping Himself down, taking a towel and wrapping it around His waist. And then the next time we see something like that happening, it's old Peter who's in the boat. He is stripped for work and he puts on his clothes and jumps into the water. He's asked by Jesus, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? All three times that Peter denied Jesus were made up by Jesus for him, giving him an opportunity to three times confess his love for Jesus. Now that we are clean, we have a responsibility to stay clean. And you know how we stay clean? Confession. Confession. Now, I'm not a Catholic. It is Monday, Thursday, and you're here on a Thursday night. I know it's strange for Baptists. But I'm not wearing my clerical robe today. I'm not a priest. Confession. When you get alone before God, or maybe with a brother that you trust, or a sister that you trust, or your husband or your wife, or your brother or sister, whoever the case may be, you encourage them and you encourage one another what it means to walk with Jesus. And so confession is the way that we maintain fellowship with God, but it's also the way that we maintain fellowship with one another. Which leads us to our third and final point this evening. Look at what Jesus says in verse 12 through 17. Look at what He says. He asked them when He had washed their feet, He put on His outer garments and He resumed His place. Now everybody's got squeaky clean feet except for Jesus. There's nobody washing His feet. His hands are washed from His washing their feet. He's fixing to talk about who it is that's going to betray Him. And He says, do you understand what I've done to you? And everybody's like, yeah, Jesus, you washed our feet. What? We know. There's something more going on here. Look at what he says to him. Don't miss this. He says in verse 15, For I have given you as an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Number three this evening, Jesus has come to model Christian conduct. The way that He loved us is the way that we ought to love one another. Listen, the only reason we have to even think about washing somebody else's foot is because Jesus has washed us. Not just our feet. Every part of us. The only reason that we have to wash one another's feet is because He has washed us. He has forgiven us. He has cleansed us. He has made us His very own. And as the Father sent Him, so He sends us. Now listen carefully. I know some of you, you're not going to believe what I'm going to say next, but you just have to believe me. We can't wash each other's feet just for the fun of it. We are enabled to wash each other's feet because we have seen and believed this love that bent so low to make a wretch like me, to make a wretch like you, to make a wretch like your neighbor his treasure. You see, washing feet is a symbol. Washing feet is about so much more than removal of external dirt. I'm just going to guess tonight because most of us didn't walk a Palestinian road of dust some of you may have come from a gravel road. That's a little different. You probably had a, a wheeled chariot not on your feet. But washing feet is more than the removal of dirt. And I'm going to guess that most of you don't need your feet tonight physically washed. But everyone here tonight needs a spirit 
servanthood. Everyone here tonight needs a spirit of forgiveness. Everyone here tonight needs a spirit of unity. Everyone needs tonight a spirit of humility. And Christ commands us. He says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Now listen to this next part. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And this Jesus says, after he washes the feet of the disciples, he says, do you understand what I've done to you? I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. So tonight, what we're going to engage in in just a few moments, if you feel led of the Lord, tonight you're invited to symbolically do what Jesus has called us to do. This station here, this station here, this station here, and another station here. Tonight, symbolically, we're going to engage in a foot washing ceremony. And let me tell you, when you wash the feet of another, here's what you're saying to them. Number one, you're saying to that other person, God loves you. Number two, you're saying, I love you. And number three, you're saying to that person, I want you to know God's love. Now think about this. Jesus washed the feet of John and Judas. John was his beloved disciple. Judas was the one who betrayed him. Tonight, when you grab somebody, you may be grabbing your John. You may be grabbing your Judas. doesn't matter. You're declaring those three things. God loves you. I love you. And I want you to know the love of God. Tonight, you're invited as the Spirit leads you to humble yourself, to receive your feet to be washed, or to wash the feet of another. We pray God will use this message for His glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.